We're in a series. This will be the conclusion of Miracles Are Real. And last Wednesday, we preached about a miracle in a commandment. Tonight, we're going to look at something much more intense, much more powerful. I want you to open up your Bibles with me, please, to Matthew chapter 21. It's always a good sign when the preacher says, open your Bible. Amen. Let's all stand for the reading of God's Word, Matthew 21, verse 17 through 22. We'll also be looking at Mark chapter 11 a little bit later on tonight. So then Jesus left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if you have faith and not doubt in your, and, and doubt not, ye shall not only say to this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. I want to use for a subject tonight the miracle of disconnection. You may be seated. The miracle of disconnection. Now, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus is going back and forth from Jerusalem to Bethany. He's been spending his days in Jerusalem and going back to Bethany, spending the night where Mary and Martha and Lazarus was. Bethany was only two miles from Jerusalem. And Jesus is going back and forth, back and forth to Jerusalem, back to Bethany. They're spending the night in Bethany. The Bible says that as one morning Jesus was going down into the city to minister, he came across a fig tree that was fully loaded with leaves. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. And when he saw that fig tree, he come running with excitement to that fig tree because if a fig tree had leaves on it, it meant there was fruit under the leaves. And he went running to it, and when he got there and parted the leaves, he found no fruit. And it, disappoint, it disappointed Jesus so much that he cursed it. He, I don't mean he cursed it like some folks pretend to be Christians curse things, but he, he pronounced death to it. And he said, no longer will you produce fruit. Ever again, you're done. You're done. Because of your showing out, you're done. Because of your pretense and pretending, you're done. See, the fig tree was a picture of the scribes and the Pharisees. The Sadducees, the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin and the scribes and the Pharisees had stood in the way of Jesus for three and a half years. They had 
tried to come against Jesus over and over again, but oh, they were decked out in their uh, Sabbath day attire. They would dress up in their robes and they, were, they would get together on the Sabbath day and boy, would they look nice. Oh, you know, everything looked just perfect. And they pretended to be men of God. But when Jesus Christ came to Israel, he found it as a fig tree that had no fruit. And every time Jesus would try to do so, I mean, even Jesus would heal the sick and they'd fight him over it. He'd cleanse someone, heal someone on the Sabbath day, and they'd fight him over it. And so Jesus comes to this fig tree. This is the latter part of his ministry. In fact, he cleansed the temple the first part of his ministry. Then he cleansed it the last part of his ministry, and this is the last part of his ministry. And he's going back into Jerusalem, back and forth from Bethany to Jerusalem, and he comes to this fig tree, a picture of Israel. What was standing in the way of Jesus? It wasn't the drunks and the alcoholics. What was standing in the way of Jesus? It wasn't the blind, the lame, the dumb. Even demons wasn't standing in his way because he'd just tell them to get gone. Get lost. He didn't tell them to get lost. They were already lost, but he would cast them out. What was standing in the way of Jesus? You got it. The Sanhedrin the very group of Jewish rabbis that eventually would hand him to Rome and he would be crucified, them unknowingly, Jesus Christ was fulfilling the will of the Father and Jesus Christ would die on the cross of Calvary. They didn't know what was happening, but he was the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of the world. And Jesus shed his blood on that cross and tonight I'm here because of that and so are you. Because Jesus went to the cross. Something was standing in the way of Jesus Christ. It was the Sanhedrin. It was the Jewish people. It was Israel, actually, because they were rejecting the Son of God. So Jesus Christ has got to do something in order for us to be able to sit in this auditorium and receive the pure grace, mercy, and salvation of the Lamb of God. What you got to do? Disconnect. He had to disconnect the veil of the temple. He had to disconnect the religious rites of that day, the Judaism that was perverted. He had to disconnect it. And in so disconnecting it, he did it to the cross of Calvary. And there's a miracle in disconnection. You and I are a miracle because there was a disconnection. Jesus severed his ministry from them in order that the Gentiles would be blessed, that you and I, and he could birth a, a New Testament church. And so we see a miracle of disconnection. There's a principle here that I want us to see, and it's real important that you understand what is happening. Jesus Christ comes to um, the fig tree, picture of Israel, but there's also a picture of something standing in his way. Rather than to be a blessing with fruit and the sweetness and the nourishment, it was not a blessing at all. It was just standing in the way. And so Jesus Christ speaks to the fig tree. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus Christ answers the fig tree. 
You say, what was the fig tree asking? How do I look? Woo, I'm pretty. Aren't I pretty? The fig tree was saying, hey, you disciples over there on the hill coming this way, I've got fruit. I've got fruit. Liar, liar, lake of fire. Amen. Come on, don't, don't just sit there. Feel something. We're going to get into something that is incredible and it is powerful. When you stop and think of the miracle of disconnection, because when someone gets born again, there's a miracle of disconnection from sin. One day, there'll be the miracle of rapture, disconnection from the earth. Jesus was put in a tomb and he disconnected from the tomb. There is power in disconnection. Amen. I'll give you a little tip. You ever got around someone? And I'm not talking about me, please. We ever got someone that just talk, 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 talk. The beautiful thing about a cell phone or a telephone is this. You can disconnect. They just talk all they want, but you can disconnect. And when you can dis disconnect, you don't have to answer the phone when it rings back. You can disconnect. And that is one of the miracles of disconnecting from gossipers and soothsayers and people that would try to drain the faith and energy out of your soul. So Jesus comes to this fig tree, and Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 11 says he curses it. He pronounces judgment upon it. Immediately, it is disconnected. What's well, it disconnected? It's disconnected from the moisture and the fruit and the, and the life of the ground. It's disconnected. And because it's disconnected overnight, it withers and dies. And it's amazing where Jesus put this along with miracles. He said, you can say to this fig tree and do to it what I did, and you can say to this mountain that we're standing on, be thou removed. You can ask and pray and not doubt in your heart and believe the things that you're saying shall come to pass, and it will obey you, for nothing shall be impossible to you. Isn't that beautiful? And so tonight we're going to look at some things. It's a little bit heavy, but, uh, you know, I, I wish I would never have to deal with the issue of sickness and disease or, or burdens. But notice it says in verse 20, the disciples saw it, saw the fig tree withered up. They marveled, saying, how soon is the fig tree withered away? Actually, Mark chapter 11 says that it withered overnight. It withered away overnight. Jesus cursed it, and he went down into the city, came back. They're coming back from Bethany. Some people believe it was withered when they came back from Jerusalem. No, it, it was withered when he came back from Bethany. It died overnight. How many like for some things that be disconnected from you overnight? Wake up the next morning, whoo, brand new day. Disconnected from Sorrow, disconnected from doubt and unbelief, disconnected from the enemy, the blessing of God. So, Jesus says in verse 14 of Mark chapter 11, we have the account of it. 
Let's read this because I don't want to, uh, I want to take time to read God's word because it's important. Verse 12 of Mark chapter 11. We'll read down to verse 14, then we'll go over to verse 19. And on the morrow, the next day, see, overnight, they were come to, from Bethany to, he was hungered, and seeing a fig tree far off having leaves, he came and if happily might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter or forever. And his disciples heard it. Now we need to hear what I'm saying tonight, what God is saying. Verse 19, and when evening was come, he went out of the city and in the morning, see the next day after overnight, in the morning, verse 20, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter calling to remembrance saith unto master, behold the fig tree which thou hast cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that which those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So Jesus comes to the fig tree. We're talking about the miracle of disconnection. And he comes to the fig tree. And when he looks at it, he talks to the fig tree. How do you answer? I mean, Jesus talked to the fig tree. He answered a question that the fig tree was asking. Ah, preacher, that's nuts. No. I think the fig tree was asking, if it's a picture of Israel, aren't we wonderful servants of God? Aren't we beautiful? The only thing is they had no fruit. And, and notice in verse 14, and Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now notice it says Jesus answered, meaning the fig tree had a question. And he said to the fig tree, you're cursed. You're not going to bear fruit. If it's a picture of Israel, the leadership of Israel, the scribes and the Pharisees, I understand the question. They thought, aren't we good enough? No. Aren't we doing what God wants us to do? No. Aren't we fruitful? No. And he says, he cursed it and said, bear fruit never again. Now, what do you answer? How do you answer sickness and disease? How do you answer a brick wall in front of you? How do you answer a mountain that says you're going nowhere? A disease that says you're dying? A sickness that says you'll never be better? How do you answer that? You answer it the way Jesus answered it. Get out of my life. Disconnect. Disconnect. 
abandon ship, disconnect. Put Jesus ahead of everything. Jesus comes to this victory. What do you answer and what do you say to, the, say to it? And Jesus said to it, no more. You're done. No fruit. You're not going to deceive me. You're not going to stand in my way. You're not going to hold me back. You're not going to rob me. That's what Jesus was saying. And we need to say the same thing to sickness and disease. You are not going to hold me back. You are not going to rob me. The walls around me are not going to keep me. Because you need to learn the miracle of disconnection, of those things that's robbing you of your health, to disconnect from those things that are robbing you of your future, of hope and joy, to disconnect of those things that's standing in your way of salvation. Disconnect from sin. Disconnect from sickness and disease. Disconnect from the storms of despair. Disconnect from depression. Disconnect from obsession. Disconnect from the things that's robbing you, that's deceiving you, that's trying to rob you of what you need and the nourishment you need. Disconnect. And the minute you disconnect, that thing that has bound you and sucking the life out of you is cut. Cut. And then when it's cut, it dies. Amen. I mean, you can walk out to a tree limb and the limb be green and full of life and you can snap it, disconnect it from the tree, hang on to that limb for a, and overnight that limb will wither. The leaves will wither away. Why? Because it's been connected from the life source, from the source in which it's getting its sap. Don't let sickness sap off of you. Don't let the things of the world sap off of you. Don't let sin suck you like a parasite. Disconnect. And when you disconnect, it dies. Come on now. I'm preaching better than you're responding. I mean, you can pull a flower up by the roots, and what will happen? Overnight, it withers. When Jesus said to the fig tree, you're cursed, no more, you're done. He disconnected. The next morning, it withered away down to the very root. Now, we Pentecostals, we want to put great joy in the truth is God answers prayer, and every, everything good ends with prayer, everything wonderful ends with prayer. I don't care what the jewelry store sells, every kiss begins with a diamond, no. Every, every, uh, every great thing begins with a prayer. Hello. And so prayer is so vitally, but we as full gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic, you know, even uh, Christians that believe in God healing and anointing with oil and healing, we put much emphasis on the prayer itself. And it's true. The prayer itself is incredible. But the prayer is the disconnecting. But the labor is not disbelieving. To stand... And allow God to do his job. Now, I love instant miracles, but sometimes they don't come instant. Sometimes they come gradual. 
And that fig tree withered overnight. And, and I'm sure that some vegetation would take more than a night to wither away. But I promise you, if you disconnect it from its source, it'll die. Disconnect the flower from the disconnect the roots from the uh, uh, the roots of a flower from the ground. It'll wither and die. Disconnect a limb from a tree. It'll wither and die. The bigger the limb, the longer it takes to wither. But it withers because it doesn't have any source. And Jesus Christ is showing us that this is also about disconnecting from the things that hold us back, like the mountain, like a wall, like sickness. Hello. I want to just simply put it like this. Things can change overnight. Are you listening to me? Things can change overnight. Don't get discouraged. Someone prays for you. It, it doesn't come immediately. Oh, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. I, I, you know, I call the instant healing, the instant miracle when God touches us and heals us instantly in a prayer group as we go to the altar. But listen to me. Don't give up if you don't even feel one tinge of God's blessing when someone prays for you. Don't give up. Accept the disconnection, walk away and say, I will believe and not doubt in my heart, and I will believe the things that I say shall come to pass. Yeah. Amen. You say, well, preacher, I'm not interested in this. Well, one day you will be. Trust me. One day you will be extremely interested in this. I'm not making anything up. The Bible is very clear that whatsoever things you desire in Mark 11, verse 24, what things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I'm not making up anything uh, that Jesus didn't say. Verse 23 of Mark 11, Verily I say unto you that whosoever say, shall say, 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 say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. That goes for the fig tree too. Matthew chapter 21, verse 20 and 21, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye will have faith in God not, and doubt not, ye shall, um, ye, ye, ye shall not only do to, this, do to this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, the fig tree was a living object. The mountain is a non-living object. Sometimes living objects stand in our way. Cancer is a living object. Sickness and disease is a spirit of infirmity, a living object. It can be disconnected, be cursed. A mountain is an obstacle in your way that's not living, but yet it's in your way. Your path can be a mountain. He says, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea, and it shall be done. All things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Isn't that beautiful? So, here in Mark chapter 11, verse 14, you find 
Jesus disconnected it. Speaking of the fig tree, he disconnected it. Anybody got an it you'd like to disconnect? Jesus, in verse 14, disconnected it. Speaking of the fig tree, he disconnected it. And in verse 20, it says, and it withered overnight. That's in verse 20. It withered overnight. In that beautiful verse, it withered overnight. There in verse uh, 20. So he disconnected it. Overnight, it withered. See, Jesus changes our whole attitude about sin. If we're truly born again, we don't want to sin anymore. If we, God changed our life, there's been a disconnection from sin, and we've, we've been given a different vocabulary, been given a different praise, a different walk, a different life. And by the way, people that are, that are struggling with sickness or disease in their body, he's changed our whole attitude. It'd be easy to be down in the mouth and discouraged and distraught with sickness and disease, but a child of God can say, look, I'm not facing this sickness alone. I'm not facing this problem alone. I'm not facing the storm alone. I've got Jesus, and Jesus Christ can disconnect this storm from my life. He can disconnect sin from my life. He can give me eternal life. He is, he is the God of disconnecting as well as connecting. Amen. Most people want to spend all their time of connecting with Jesus, connecting with the Word. You're not going to connect till you disconnect. Hello. Churches are full of people that want to connect with the blessing, but they're not going to connect with the blessing until they disconnect with the curse they're walking in. Come on now, I'm preaching better than you're responding. Jesus says to the fig tree or to the mountain that it can be removed. Your obstacle in life can be removed. And when he removes, he changes our whole outlook on life. He changes our vocabulary. He changes our faith. And we may be battling something, but we need to confess what Jesus confessed. No, I'm not going to doubt my God. My God's bigger than sickness. My God's bigger than cancer. My God's bigger than the storm. My God's bigger than the obstacle. My God's bigger than the mountain. I'm praying, trusting God. And I'm not only going to pray and trust God, I'm going to quote Jesus. I'm going to say to the sickness, be disconnected. I'm going to say to the sickness, wither away. I'm going to say, that's the best antibiotic you can get, antibiotic from God Almighty. Disconnect. Kill it. Sever the cancer. Let it wither and die. And continue to confess. And what you speak to the mountain, not doubt in your heart, believe in your heart, whatever you say shall come to pass. Amen. So, well, you can't talk your way out of a sickness. Yeah, you can, actually. You can pray your way out and talk your way out. You can also talk your way into a sickness. And talk your way into a mess, amen. 
So God changes our whole outlook. He changes our whole prayer life. He changes our whole attitude. He changes our whole attitude towards sin. He changes our whole attitude towards sickness. He changes our whole attitude towards storms and oppression in life. He changes our whole attitude. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we'll rejoice in God, and I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will not be down in the mouth, down and out, and feel defeated. Be of good cheer. Jesus Christ said, it is I. Be not afraid. And Jesus Christ gives us all the strength we need to lift our hearts to God and believe God for all the blessings that God can give. If God isn't God here, he isn't God there. I tremble at that thought. I, you know, I almost felt like I was blaspheming there for a minute. If he isn't God here, he isn't God there. He is God here. And he is God there. Amen? Go with me to Psalms 103. And... We're talking about God changing our attitude toward things. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is inside me, within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. That's that's. Forgiveness for sin, that's forgiveness in our spirit, in our mind for sin, our iniquities. He forgives us all, of all our sins and iniquity. He heals all our diseases. That's healing for the flesh. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Well, I got good news for you. For you. I got good news for you. <laughs> Talking like a hillbilly now. I don't know what fur's got to do with it, but got good news for you. He redeems thy life from destruction. He's not talking about heaven. There's no destruction there. He's not talking about when you get to heaven, although when you get to heaven, all will be glorious. And, but he's talking about here. He redeemed thy life from destruction. That's here. He crowneth thee with loving kindness and tenderness, tender mercies here. That's here. Here. If he's not God here, he's not God there. But he is God there and he is God here. And he'll give you tender mercies. Verse 5. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. That's God's buffet. That's God's desserts. He satisfy thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Healthy people eat. Did you hear what I said? Healthy people eat. Sick people don't. I'm really healthy because I eat a lot. When someone gets sick, they don't eat. The first thing they quit doing is eating when they're sick. Let me tell you, friends, if you linger out in the 
bathrooms of the church or linger out in the parking lot when the preaching's going on and you linger out away from the Word of God, you're not healthy. Because spiritual healthy people will come and hear, feed on God's Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You're not a healthy Christian if you don't enjoy and cleave to the words of God and his bread, his life, and it's good things. Amen. Amen. Come on now. And he says, he'll satisfy your mouth with good things. People that are unhealthy don't have an appetite. Good Christians have an appetite for the Bible. Hear me? Real Christians have an appetite for the Bible. If there's people out there, all they have an appetite for is, woohoo, hallelujah, and dancing and shouting and waving the flags and singing and praising God, nothing wrong with that, but you're, 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 you're super uh, sugar high active. You've you got diabetes. You're too sugared up. Nothing wrong with praising God. Nothing wrong with shouting and praising God. But you cannot take the music. You cannot take the, 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 the ritual of church. You cannot take the, the, uh, the, the, the programs in church. You cannot take the, 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 the activities in church and the, and the potlucks in church and the watermelon feasts in church and the fellowship. You cannot take that and replace this with that. I love great music. I love people that can sing and worship the Lord. But let me tell you, friends, if you just come for the music, you're sick. You're literally sick. And if you just come for the Word of God, you're an old prune. You ought to come to church and enjoy it all. Old sour puss. Nothing worse than a mouthy person that's mouthing the Word of God all the time and then criticizes the song leader. Disgusting. Hello. You singers ought to shout amen right there. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Who satisfy that mouth with good things. He's not talking just about food here. He's talking about our mouth, what goes in and what goes out. He satisfies our mouth with what goes in and what goes out. The good that goes in and the good that goes out. Hello? The praise God. The worship God. The declaring that Jesus is your healer. Declaring that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Declaring that Jesus has washed your sins away. That you believe Jesus Christ is the eternal, pre-existing, sovereign God of the universe that came to the cross of Calvary, wiped away your sin, took your past, lapped it up with the blood of God's strong blood and gave you eternal life and broke the tomb to, to shambles as he rose again from the grave. That's good things coming out of your mouth. Amen. I'm going to close with this. I heard the story about a little boy that he had been listening about miracles. He was real excited about miracles. And 
He goes to his daddy and he said, Dad, I, I have a theological question I need to ask. And daddy said, okay, what is it? And he said, well, I want to ask you, how come God doesn't do all the miracles he did in the Old Testament? And the daddy said to the young man, to his son, I don't know. What, what do you think about it? And the very young man said to his daddy, well, in the Old Testament, he did a lot of miracles. God did a lot of miracles. He said, it must be that he's got old and doesn't have as much energy as he used to have. No, God's got as much energy as he ever had. God is a young, thriving, powerful God. God doesn't get old. God is young and energetic. And we see in the New Testament that his son, Jesus Christ, is continuing on. The Father and Son, miracle ministry. The Father and Son, miracle blessing. And Jesus is the continuation of miracles. He is our miracle. Amen? So I don't know all the springs and nuts and bolts and all of this, but let me just say this. If Jesus said you can ask and receive, and he did, if Jesus said you can seek, you'll find, and he did. If Jesus said if you knock, it shall be opened unto you, and he did say that. And if Jesus said if you pray, and, and whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe them that you receive them, and you shall have them, and he said that. If Jesus said if you can say to the fig tree, be thou plucked up by the root, cast in the sea, or curse the fig tree and, and pronounce disconnection, and if you can say to the mountain, move, and not doubt in your heart, but believe what you're saying, then I got to believe that. Amen? I got to believe that. And so we confess our healing in the name of Jesus. We pray for our healing. We confess our healing in the name of Jesus. But I want you to understand the first thing you've got to do is you've got to disconnect. And prayer disconnects that. And you through repentance can disconnect things of your past and disconnect things of, that are sinful in your life. There must be a disconnection before you have a connection. Because when you've got a disconnection and a connection together, you're double-minded. Amen? You're double-minded. And most people's minds are small. It doesn't need to be split in two. Hello. You can't be double-minded. You've got to believe that God is. How many believe God is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? Yes, amen. Hebrews eleven six. It is impossible to please him, God. They that come to him must believe that he is is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And here in this passage of Scripture, we find where Jesus cursed the fig tree, and then he said to us, you can do the same thing to the fig tree, and you can do the same thing to the mountain. He must have been talking about deliverance, healing, and salvation. Disconnect. And when you disconnect, then you can connect. But you can't disconnect. You can't connect until you disconnect. 
And there's churches going everywhere. There's people going to church on Sunday morning everywhere that they want to connect, but they don't disconnect. You've got to disconnect. It's called repentance. You've got to disconnect from your drugs. You've got to disconnect from your liquor. And God will help you disconnect. God will help you. He'll give you the power to disconnect. God will do that for you. But you've got to disconnect before you can continue on. You can't be a super saint and live in the liquor store. I heard about a guy that got saved. True story. He got saved. Didn't know anything about God. He was a, just a really sinful person. He got saved. Gave his heart to Jesus Christ. And he snuck into Walmart. Because he had got saved, he stole him a Bible. He stole him a Bible. Because he got saved, he went and stole him a Bible. And to hear him tell it, the Holy Ghost eat him up. Something inside of him eat the fabric out of his heart. And he took the Bible back to Walmart. I said, do you want a refund? He said, no, I want to return this. I said, well, if you'll wait, we'll give you a receipt, and you can go get you another Bible. He said, no, I want another Bible. I'm bringing the one I stole back. They said, you stole it? Yeah, I stole it. Where'd you steal it? He said, right here. Well, what do you want us to do about it? He said, I want to tell you I'm sorry. Here's your Bible back. They said, do you need a Bible? He said, yes, I need a Bible. They said, well, take the one you stole. He said, no, I'm not taking the one I stole. I repent it. I'm not going to go through what the Holy Ghost did to me all night long. Never again. And he told Walmart he's extremely sorry for stealing the Bible. They said, why are you bringing the Bible back telling us that you're extremely sorry? Because he said, I got saved. And I came here and stole the Bible because I got saved. The clerk said, wait, hold, hold on. You got saved, and that's why you came here and stole the Bible. He said, that's all I knew to do. I needed the Bible. I went and stole it. Didn't have the money. Went and stole it. And they said, oh, that don't make a bit of sense. And the guy looked at the cashier and said, it makes all the sense to me in the world. He said, I'll buy my Bible. God changes our life. We need to be disconnected. Once we're disconnected, then we can connect. But don't be trying to connect with God when you're full of sin. Now, God will help you disconnect. I'm not saying that God won't give you power to disconnect. He will. But if you don't go through the requirements of repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ, it's not going to work. You can't just want to connect with God over the weekend and continue to be connected with the world. It, there has to be a disconnection. And the miracle of disconnection is when someone is disconnected from their sin, disconnected from their past, disconnected from their, their bondage, disconnected, and they're given a connection with God. And that connection brings healing, forgiveness, salvation, a new vocabulary, a new faith, a new strength in God. Amen. The Bible says that your strength will be renewed like an eagle's there in, as a youth strength of an eagle there in, in Psalm 103, verse 5. In the last verse of Isaiah 
40, verse 31, the last verse of chapter 40, Isaiah says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings of an eagle. They shall run and be not weary. They shall walk and not faint. Renew your strength. Renew your strength. And that's what cancer tries to do. It tries to take your strength. Sickness and disease tries to take your strength. Sin and iniquity tries to take your strength. But you need to wait upon the Lord. You need to spend time in the presence of God and learn the miracle truth of disconnection. Isn't that good? Wonderful. And it's beautiful when you think about it. Jesus brought healing, deliverance, sovereign move of God, brought it to your mountain, your fig tree, brought it to you and said, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you, that you receive them and you shall have them. Brought it to you, you can say to the mountain, move. You can say to the fig tree, be gone, be disconnected. Jesus hooked that to prayer. Then he went on to say, if you have ought against your brother, forgive. Went on to say, don't you have unforgiveness in your heart? Forgive your brother. Don't hold unforgiveness in your spirit. Because unforgiveness will poison your well. And everything you drink will make you sicker and sicker and sicker and more bitter when you hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness. Stand with me. Josh, come and bring a song. The miracle of disconnection. You see, there's a lot of people that don't want to believe that you have to disconnect. They want to believe you just connect with God. I'd waste my time if I spent a whole series of sermons on how to make connection with God until I spent a long time on disconnecting. I'm a born-again Christian because I disconnected. Now, the Holy Ghost did it for me and did it through me, and Jesus helped me. But I'm a born-again Christian because I was disconnected from the things that brought me to a lifestyle that was unpleasant to God, unpleasing to the Lord. And some of you, you know, some of us, I'm going to include myself, we need to stop and disconnect from our sickness, disconnect from our walls, disconnect, and we need to start speaking our healing and Praying God to heal us and pray, ask God and disconnect from those things and then speak your healing. I don't know how it works, but it works. I don't know how it works, but it works. And there's a lot of people that say, well, I confess my healing. I speak to sickness. I speak to cancer and nothing happened. Well, maybe you ought to try disconnecting first. And maybe you also ought to try to make it Understood in your spirit, it isn't what you say that makes the miracle come. It's what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary and raising from the dead. It's what he did when he disconnected us from the tomb. Amen. Because he is the miracle worker. You can talk all day long. and It's not going to bring you a miracle until you put Jesus in proper place in your life. Amen. Josh, go ahead. I'll, I'll start preaching again if you don't start singing.